Hello, and welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Mike, joined by my co-hosts, Josh and Ray. How we doing, gents? What up, uh, though? Great, great, great. great. Very actually, good. I have a, I have a, diet, uh, I have a diet sun kiss with me, so, you know, tasting the less caffeinated oh, no. rainbow. Oh, well, hey, I, have sun, I haven't had a sun kissed in forever, but I feel like they're still pretty good. They are still good, despite the fact that they've removed a lot of the caffeine from them. They're still delicious. Wait, I'm sorry. Back, back the fuck up. Sunkist had caffeine in it. Oranges yeah. don't have caffeine. What? Yeah. Okay. So I found this out a couple years ago that Sunkist actually used to have more caffeine than Mountain Dew. They had like 80 milligrams per like 12 ounce serving. Door. That's like, like which, green tea. That's a I, cup of green tea. I used to always use like Sunkist as my. Hey mom, I should be allowed to have a sunkissed after four o'clock because it doesn't have caffeine, and that Ooh. argument always worked. Little did I know. Pro strats. But a few years ago, they reduced the amount of caffeine down to I want to say it's like nineteen milligrams per twelve ounce serving. So it's like the lowest of all the sodas now. Um, Hold on, B back up even more. Sunkiss still has caffeine in it. Yeah, just less. That just doesn't seem right. Like <laughs> you don't drink a fruit soda and expect caffeine. I mean, you know, caffeine's really just used as a bitter agent, not necessarily um, for an energy boost. So, you know, they must have just changed ah. the formula and the flavor profile of Sunkist and thought we need less bitter in this one. So, you know, and now you know. This is my does, show. I hope we don't get content ID for that, but you know, Disney. Does uh. Does Diet Sunkist have? Uh, that's what this yet? is. Diet Sunkist, right here. Huh. Nineteen milligrams of caffeine. I don't know if that'll get into focus, but you know, there's the label. Nineteen it, milligrams. It doesn't, of caffeine. but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well. Yeah. So that yeah. just doesn't seem right to me. It's like well, no, welcome to un welcome to unscripted right. sodas. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that. That's like. It's just like, no, that doesn't go in there. That's not possible. I don't understand. Now, other orange sodas like Fanta and, and, you know, stuff like that do not have caffeine, so. I mean, that, to be fair, that makes sense, but now I'm in, like, Fanta <clears throat> is literally just orange Coke, so that one's not supposed to have caffeine in it, but if I'm in, who is Sunkiss made by? Is that made by the Pepsi company? Um... No, I think they're independent. Sunkiss Soda, like, they make their own stuff. They're bottled my, my, under uh, Dr. Pepper 7-Up. Okay, Sun, so it's... But, like, the okay. Sunkissed growers who do, like, Sunkissed oranges, like, they make Sunkissed Soda. They also make the other flavors. I think there's, like, a grape and a strawberry and whatnot. But, uh, like, Sunkissed Oranges Grower Association makes Sunkissed Soda just under the Dr. Pepper 7-Up uh, label, I believe. I'm gonna have to stop you right there again. There's a sun-kissed grape soda. Yes, yes, there is. And my world's—we're supposed to be talking about video games, but my world's getting turned upside down tonight. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty... you can't just drop that like sun-kissed has caffeine and it, just on us <laughs> like that. Like, what the bricks? <laughs> I mean, this is unscripted gaming, so I can't—I can't like tell you guys in advance that, right. that I'm gonna drop be dropping bombs on you guys. But yeah, Damn, there's also I think a sun-kissed strawberry. Um, there's there's a there's a local gas station around here that actually has sunkissed grape and strawberry, but does <clears> not carry traditional sunkissed orange. 
I don't know how to I take don't, that. What do, want to do with this information? Well, how am I? What am I supposed to? How? What? What? Do, how? Josh is just flying these B fifty twos over us and being like bobs for days, bitch. <laughs> That is no. That actually doesn't make any mm. sense. Just yeah, like any, we, any other questions? Um, you know, we carry vanilla Coke and we carry Diet Coke. Now, if you wanted a regular Coke, your ass out. You're gonna have to go to the place down the road. That's what that sounds like to me. You're gonna have to grab a coffee filter and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should probably uh, talk about orange diet orange. Video. Grape, strawberry, cherry limeade, pineapple lemonade, diet lemonade, peach fruit punch, pink lemonade, and strawberry lemonade are all varieties of sun-kissed flavors. Pineapple sun-kissed, I'm sorry, I just, pineapple soda is just not, I've had it, I just, I, just, it's, I don't like it. It's I'm with Mike on this one, yeah. Not a fan. Pineapple crew needs to let that one go, it's not happening. But... I, you can have Hawaiian pizza. Hawaiian pizza is great, but just take your Hawaiian soda or your pineapple soda. And, I could and fuck with that go. cherry limeade or the diet lemonade. Like those oh. sound delicious. Mm. Diet lemonade sounds all right. Cherry limeade, lemonade, anything has never done me wrong. I'm gonna be honest. It's true. It's, so it's a sweetness. Yeah. Well, welcome to yeah. So un, unscripted sodas. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Like so, a Diet Coke. In 2010, there was a consumer recall after a batch was accidentally mixed with six times the amount of caffeine. What the fuck? Oops, all caffeine. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> this time, it was a, a, the factory accident was actually a real fa- factory accident. Oh, my God. Open your eyes, people. See the truth. Oh, my goodness. I want to know where so, to get some of these other flavors. Now I'm going to go on a search... All right, now we're going on the Sunkiss subplot, everyone. So just mark that down. Just for the video description, note that this subplot starts in this episode. For that might be the title the, of this. video. Just for the unscripted wiki, you know, the Sunkiss episode. <laughs> yeah, next week I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna cross this like bridge. It's kind of foggy. It probably won't take me that long, so it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and we'll just go from there. Speaking of stuff that won't take long, I'm gonna diverge into a video game if you guys don't mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'll tolerate that. Okay. Uh, okay. Proceed. I'll allow it. Oh, one of my favorite things to do when I ever before I buy a video game is I'm getting a little older. I don't have as much time. Work takes up a lot of time. We're all there for a variety of reasons. Uh, I go to howlongtobeat.com and I punch in how long, on average, it takes to beat a video game. Uh, I finally completed Sekiro just yesterday, actually, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, which is... Eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and on HowLongToBeat.com, they say, on average, it takes about 28 hours to beat. And I'm like, okay, that's a couple weekends. I think I could swing that. Uh, if you look at my in-game clock on my PS4, it says 63. I'm... I'm either yeah. bad at games... <laughs> I think that there's there's, like, a lot of... There's a lot of room to, like, explore and... Lots of nooks and crannies in Sekiro, so I I, th- I, th- I don't think that's like your bad. I, I did enjoy exploring it. It has a, a it, in my review of the game, it's a very rich world. I loved loved the combat of the game. Mm-hmm. I loved grinding in the game. I love the fact that I can grind and increase levels and get new skills. That was really cool. Other uh, Bloodborne, uh, Dark Souls type games, they don't do that. So this was yeah. really cool. Uh, I loved how I felt 
better and I kept growing as a like I felt more ninja like as I would go through an area all over again and I would just never get seen and backstab the shit out of everybody that felt great uh, or just do no damage runs through an area just to like grind out some places and be like there's nothing you could do about it you can't touch me just like doing a little dance on top of a rooftop yeah. once you figure out enemy AI or even just like when you learn the patterns and you just like perfect parry the combo, you just uh, oh. uh, 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 uh. man, it feels so good. There, there is a boss fight. Um, it's called the the centipede long arms giraffe. That that fight where they're just swinging like gigantic claws at you, and if you're just slamming on to the parry button or the deflect button, yeah, the lock button, what have you, you just see the because the timing in second row is so forgiving. The, mm-hmm. Actually, I want to dive into that. Um, this has to be the most forgiving Soulsborne game ever made. Most of the complaints that I was reading people had last year about how difficult this game is, the game gives you so many different options to deal yeah. with the difficulty. You can... This is a Soulsborne game where they give you the option from jump to button remap. You have... No reason to say yeah. that. Yeah, and you definitely have like a lot of tool, like your grappling hook, like the all the shinobi arts and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like you have a lot. I feel it feels like you have. Um, not that other Dark Souls games didn't have like builds or build variety, but it feels like a lot more. You have a lot more like tools to like escape or disengage in ways in Sekiro that you don't really have in other Dark Souls games. Yeah. So if you need to like piece it or and there's like a there's like a sprint button where you actually like sprint unlike regular dark souls and you don't run out of stamina ever yeah ever stamina's not a thing in this game uh, so, so I, I definitely think i think it's a lot more forgiving in a lot of ways which is kind of nice because yeah um there's already like a lot of because there's already like a lot of different learning that's happening in this game compared to like even if you're a vet of like other souls games like you are Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a lot, I think, to learn about Sekiro, so it's kind of nice that they streamlined some of that other stuff, in my opinion. There are a couple bosses in the game. There's actually about three bosses, I think, where the game says, okay, you have a lot of tools, but for these bosses, you actually have to get good. Uh, Genichiro, being one, Genichiro Shina being one of them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you could do to cheese him. Uh, there, there is a speedrunning strat you could do. You could look it up online if you really want to do that. I don't recommend it. It's really just... It's dumb. It. What you do is you run into the corner of where you are, and he gets his AI gets caught between a door, and you just keep hitting 1, 2, 3 for your attack button, and your sword is only hitting literally his left foot, and that's hitting his hitbox, because the game has such tight glory... Mm, mm, the game the has hitboxes. such tight hitboxes. Josh, let oh. me tell you about these hitboxes. When an enemy swings their spear at you, and you think, oh man, that entire spear is a hitbox. No! The tip of that spear is the hitbox. You can dodge right in through the spear and be like, that polearm ain't doing nothing to me. Stab. <laughs> man, there is some great hitbox. Just like someone doing like that two-hit like spin attack thing. <sighs> just as like the enemy was doing like a lower sweep, and he jumps and right. And jump like, over all. Oh. Jump over at your side. Oh my god. It's so sick. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, beating this game made me disrespect a lot of articles of people saying Sekiro is too hard. I 
That argument is so much more befitting of Bloodborne. Because Bloodborne is legitimately really fucking hard. Like, you, if you want to have that discussion or argument, this is the wrong game. The absolute... I can't I can't button remap it. Yeah, I, I like, have to get used to it. That's kind of how I feel, too. Like, I, I don't think games should be, like, uber hard just for, like, the, the point... Just for no point. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like... The... Core like the the core thing that makes Sekiro good is that it kind of forces you to learn and get that combat and like you and and it, I'm not saying like you have to oh, you have to build character but like like that's the game is learning that system and mastering it and then learning the boss fights and then beating them and feeling really fucking cool when you do it so like to have it. And I think that at a certain point there would be a difficulty in that game where you wouldn't have to go through that learning curve, and the game becomes a lot less special. Yeah, uh, because of that. So it's like I definitely understand like ac- like accessibility is like a separate thing. Like every game should have full button remapping, full controller mapping, one hundred percent. Any sort of like just accessibility and all it that stuff. Like what that's game. It is like. Like you know, you can't say that your game your game is for real tryhard gamers only. If it just because you don't have a colorblind mode, like that's not it's not it's not really that's that's apples and oranges. It doesn't really. Second row does not have a colorblind mode. Yeah, but like, like I said, I think that at a certain point, there's like a there there is a difficulty that is too easy mm-hmm. in Sekiro where I think you just would kind of be robbing yourself of like the real the kind of full experience of what makes that game really cool yeah and what the developers kind of built that game around so i i it's like i don't th- I, I think it's like yeah it's hard but i mean that's just it i feel like it sekiro is like a perfect difficulty i, I agree uh, almost like until you get to the very last like good ending boss mm-hmm. the sword saint uh, that some guy. Of re- the range on some of those hits are. Uh... You granted it's the very last boss of a Soulsborne game, and those are typically really hard. I can't think of an easy one right now off the top of my head. Um, hmm, Father Garman was not. Uh, that was a fair fight, but no, it was not easy. No, well, Father Presence Ger- is pretty rough. <laughs> He'll catch you slipping, and he will punish you for it. You are already dead. What? <laughs> he throws tornadoes at you. Um, the Sword Saint has four health bars. That already should scare off most of people. <laughs> yes, Josh shaking his head. That is the correct reaction when you find out he has four health bars. Uh, they're full health bars. They're not like miniature ones. No, he's a boss. And he keeps coming back alive. Um... And he his attacks only get more vicious with each health bar, such as, first of all, he's relatively easy, and then he gets really fast, and then he gets really fast and has a spear and a gun. He just whips out the gun. You probably didn't know he had a gun. He'll remind you. 
And then, in this last phase, he starts shooting lightning out of his ass. When does the lightning come? You'll know! <laughs> and you'll have one second, one full second to react to it! Get ready to tech. You only, you only have one thing to do for the lightning. You either have to already be far enough away to where it doesn't matter, <laughs> or you better hit the jump button. Um, those are your only two options. <laughs> Uh, I might be really salty about that, because when I was fighting him yesterday, I got him down to one more hit, and then he jumped up. I was like, okay, maybe I can deflect this. I saw the perilous symbol and the lightning strike his sword. I said, no. I didn't hit the jump button! <laughs> Slam! <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just sunk in my chair because I was like, that was half an hour of fighting him. It's gone. I have to try again. <laughs> Download interrupted. I did beat him the second time, but yes, I had to use every single, like, extra special rare consumable I've been saving to the side. I'm like, well, Bundle Jizu Statue, which gives you an extra resurrection. I'm like, oh no, I did that extra side quest that gives you one extra Bundle Jizu Statue. I need that one too. Oh, the cooked rice that makes your vitality heal really fast. Give me that! <laughs> and by the time I beat him, I had one healing gourd left. No medical pellets. No, nothing else. And I was just, just like... like <laughs> I'm just picking out back here. Don't fight me yet. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not gonna lie. I had some... I had some fuel left in the tank. But it wasn't much. We just made it. <laughs> oh, but it feels so good. It's still... It's, it's still one of my favorite Soulsborne games ever. It doesn't have the story of Bloodborne. Because what can? But it's still... I had more fun playing this game than I did Bloodborne because of the verticality, because of the way I can approach each and every situation. The game doesn't make me... It doesn't force me into scenarios where I'm just automatically fucked. It's because mm -hmm. I get myself into scenarios and then I get fucked over because I put myself there. There's always, always, always like so many different ways to approach an area and you can never get seen. You can beat most of this game without ever getting seen and that's just... Mm! When you watch, like, a, a speed run of this game, of, like, people doing, like, 45, 30-minute speed runs, and how they're just, like, there's so much of the game that you could just skip over because the enemies are just looking like, was that a ninja that just went by? Oh, he's gone now. Yeah. Okay, I'm going like to go back to what I was I doing. Compared to, like, Dark <laughs> ah, yes, Souls and... Kojima model. And, like, the other Souls games, like, it, it, it does really, like, the verticality is super cool. Like, they're just, like, kind of the open... It's not like an open world game, but compared to like another Dark Souls game, like mm. it's very. There's, it feels like there's a lot more fluidity into like the combat itself and like how you even start those encounters. Like there's a, just a lot more like it, it. It just feels a lot more open compared to like those other those other Dark Souls games, which are pretty linear. No, I'd say Sekiro's way more linear than, like, any of the Dark Souls games. I got lost in Dark Souls 2. Legit lost. Okay, yeah, Dark Souls 2 is, uh... Yeah. And like, I think... You can get fucked over in Dark Souls 1 if you don't know what you're doing. 
Let's say you're at Firelink Shrine, Mike, and you decide, hey, what's this spooky cave in the graveyard? No, no. You're fucked don't. up. Well, actually, <laughs> honestly, there's an argument to be made to go down there just to go beat up Pinwheel because he gives you a good mask. It's not easy, though. Like, well, you just you, gotta run. You're, you're taking easy. the hardest route possible if that's your first thing you do. And you won't know that. You could just be like, oh, I heard this game is really hard. Man, this all sucks. And then the rest of the game becomes easy from then out because you hey, went to well, like... It's, uh, <laughs> it's better than going down the uh, the elevator. Uh, that's too old Londr Lo Lodron? Yeah. Oh, and you're dealing with the ghosts? Oh, yeah. no. See? Oh, See? No. See? That's it could be bad. worse. Yeah, Dark Souls is only linear if you know where to go first. Once you know you go to the, uh, you go, you take the Firelink Shrine, you turn around, and you head towards that bridge. You're going the right way. Congrats, fam. You're going to make it. If you go to the graveyard, you're fucked up. And don't worry, the skeletons will let you know they fucked up, because they'll kill you <laughs> immediately. And the skeletons won't die, because you don't have the... <laughs> oh, God. You just made me think of the Bone Wheel Skeleton. Not the Bone Wheel Skeletons. Oh! oh. My favorite part of the skeletons is, let's say you oh, die a couple times bone. in the graveyard, and you're like, okay, whatever, there's that big-ass sword, the Zweihinder, over there. I'm gonna go get it. That's when the giant 30-foot skeleton comes chasing your ass, and you can't kill him! <laughs> Talking mad shit for someone who's... Who's in swinging range? <laughs> Bam! Dead. <laughs> Anyways, Soulsborne games are awesome. Sekiro's awesome. Everyone should try it. Get the Steam release if you can, because the PC... I mean, get the PC version on Steam, because the PS4 version only runs at 45 frames, and it dips, and it's not great. It's not your best experience. Plus mods. Get the mods. They're fun. Alright, that's it. That's my Sekiro rant. Very good. Josh, what have you been playing lately? Um... You know, uh, this week I haven't been playing too much. I dipped back a little back into Super Hot, um, just for a little bit. Um, been playing a bit of Overwatch again. Um, oh, been uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, a lot of things have changed since I last played, which was, I mean, really since I played Overwatch. Seriously, it's probably been six months to a year since um, was was really playing that. So several new characters, several mm -hmm. new locations during the time. Um, Overwatch is still really fun game. Um, I think some of the changes that they have made to uh, some of the characters as well as the additions have been pretty good. Um, it's one of those things as I play Overwatch more, the more I really start to think about just how shitty the idea of Overwatch 2 as it's been announced is um, but you know that that may be a discussion when, when we get a little closer to that time but just you know Overwatch is a really good game and they're basically just going to be making more Overwatch but putting a 2 on the end so they can have new shelf space for people yeah, who may not realize like, that it's just you I know, think Overwatch they share plus. like they'll share the multiplayer but I think two is like a campaign. There will be some campaign, aspect. and probably some exclusive characters. I think. Yeah, but at that like at that, which point, is weird. Just just selling, you know, make an expansion. Blizzard knows how to make expansions. Like they're really good at that. They've done doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Hear me out. 
I would, I think, actually, <clears throat> sharing the multiplayer between Overwatch and Overwatch 2 is really smart to maintain your audience, because Overwatch has been out for four years now. How much in loot boxes have people invested to get, like, those special skins? And to say, like, okay, throw all that out and start spending that money on loot boxes all over again for the multiplayer mode, that, that wouldn't go over well. So I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying make, you know, make a, okay, here is our, you know, our new, you know, Overwatch 2.0 update. Here is the additional campaign yeah. and character pack for those who want to Basically, purchase like... it kind of thing. Because to me, it just seems a little shifty for some folks who may not be as plugged into the games industry and and the news happening and then just see Overwatch 2 on shelf like oh I remember playing Overwatch a few years ago I can't believe there's a new one let's pick it up and then you get it home and you're like it's like this damn is this seems very familiar 50% what I rem like actually more like 70% what I was already playing with is a little bit more on top but sure boy did they take a whole another $60 from me now, if you're gonna, if your yeah. argument is this should just be a a big expansion, much like what they do with World of Warcraft, I'm not gonna disagree with that. Yeah, yes. obviously. So that's kind of my that's it's my like, argument. I you think know. the are if I as I understand, it's like they should do that, but just don't call it Overwatch Two. Yeah, just just you know, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, Overwatch Two Point You know, you put that point Overwatch on, Omni it makes it feel War. Call it the Omnic War. That's the name of the expansion. Overwatch the Taken King. Alright. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Go. Go. <laughs> Do it. Yep. Or okay. Overwatch Forsaken. <laughs> but, the good patches of so, Destiny. So, been playing Overwatch. <laughs> um, was playing a little bit more of uh, Zelda A Link Between Worlds. Um, mm. I, I performed surgery on the, the broken... Mm. 3DS that Ray had spent, you know, years lovingly manhandling with Super Smash Brothers that led to the utter, utter destruction of the thumbstick. So, um, 400 hours on Super Smash Brothers on 3DS. Yes. So I, this thing crumbled under my thumb one day. So finally pulled that thing apart, performed successful surgery and, you know, just completed three more, of the temples in A Link Between Worlds. Still really like that game. I still really like the... Um, I know it's been a while since I've talked about it, but I do really appreciate the way they expanded on the you know light-dark mechanics of A Link to the Past, the way they um, make you utilize that in the problem-solving of the world, of the temples that you're in. Um, I still do feel a little weird about the whole, like, you know, you can rent your items, and then if you die, you give them back, but you can pay, like, ten times as much to purchase the items. That mm -hmm. system is still odd, but also you get money so quickly because you don't have to worry about things like wallet upgrades and wallet limits that it basically becomes inconsequential in the middle end of the game. So um, still enjoying that, still got a while to go. And then I did just pick up the uh, Paper Mario Origami King, but I have not played it yet. Ooh, so really? oh, um, okay. I'm assuming by next podcast I will have a you know early report on that. So um, that's been about it for me so far. Mike, what about you? 
I didn't know you were a Paper well, Mario fan. Well, I've been fan. playing my uh, my usual stuff. Um, but in these strange times um, that we find ourselves in, uh, we welcome the return of sports. And I'm an NBA fan. I like to watch NBA. Indeed. I like to watch my basketball team. But I've gotten into a new sport. Oh, God. Oh, no. The new sport is baseball. Oh. And you're asking, you're asking, you're thinking to yourself, now, Mike, what is baseball? Is that just baseball? The answer is no, you dipshit. It's way cooler. <laughs> uh, the people don't have the Roni. Uh, the commissioner is doing a great job, as we all know. And as the ticker on the top of the website that runs across sharing box scores also helpfully reminds you that the commissioner is doing a great job. Um, so actually, to really explain what this is, baseball is it's basically like fake baseball. Cause, and there's like a score ticker and like a who's on base, what are the strikes and count and stuff. Uh, there's a bunch of great team names. Um, I'm a fan of the Chicago Firefighters because they're nearby. Um, we've got some other great teams. Uh, the San Francisco Lovers, the LA Tacos, the Kansas City <laughs> Breathmints, uh, the Yellowstone Magic, the New York Millennials, the Charleston Shoe Thieves, the Hawaii Fridays. Uh, this is in the, ridiculous. In the, in the evil league, we have uh, in the lawful evil division, we have the Hades Tigers, Hellmouth Sunbeams, Mexico City Wild Wings, uh, the Baltimore Crabs, and the Philly Pies, and the Chaotic Evil. <laughs> we have the Ca- Canada Moist Talkers. Uh, I'm sorry, moist talkers. What? Canada Moist Talkers. Moist that makes me talkers. feel. They're off to a four and three start this season, so that's pretty good. Um, and it's kind of like a salty bet type thing where it's like the, you know, if I go to like place a bet on the firefighters next game, I see that, okay, based on, uh, I just bet who I think will win the game. Um, right now it looks like the pie, the firefighters are playing the, the two time world champion Philly, Philly pies here. Uh, they have a 42% chance to win. So I can bet a bunch of gold and, See if I uh, see if I win this. Uh, I'll just bet twenty coins on this. Let it ride, baby. Um, and so there's all this going on, and this is it just you just, just kind of like you just watch the things go. But there's also some other stuff going on here. There's a shop where you can buy votes. You can buy uh, peanuts, which seemingly do nothing, but also something. Um. There's you can buy a vote to vote in the election where you can vote on like policies that will go into effect the next season, which are like next week, basically. So the one of the decrees you can vote on this week is to redistribute the funds from the top one percent of fans at the end of each season. Mm-hmm. Um, like five players from the two time champion pies will be reassigned to random teams. That sounds incredible. Uh, so there's, um, let's see here. Uh, 
there's other things you can vote on called blessings. So each blessing will be randomly rewarded to a selected player. Vote for blessings for chances to win them for your team. One of them is anti-capitalism, brought to you by friends at the table. Your team will become fully anti-capitalist. I voted for that one. Just, just Shocking. Just to get that. <laughs> Would out. have never guessed. Uh, so there's lots of funny stuff going on here. There's also seems to be like... The, like the Discord has a really cool community, and people are like doing fan art of like their favorite players who like. Oh my gosh! Came you in deep dove into this. Who like came in clutch. Oh, my, the player names are amazing. By the way, let's take a look at the firefighters roster. We got uh, Joshua Butt. It's a half star player. He's not that great. Baby Erlacher is our is our our ringer here. Uh, Wesley Poole. Yeah, these are fine names. I know we got some good names on here. Um, there's lore, like in the Discord. There's like a lore section. What the hell? There's a there's presumably something. So on the web on the baseball website, there's some there's the, the league, the shop, the election, and then the last section is just called book. And this the description is the book of baseball, the game of blank and blank. And it's presumably, and it says it's an official rule book, and there, it's like a lot of this is like redacted and implies some pretty weird stuff. So, as I said, like once the ball's in play, redacted, 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 immaterial plane, redacted, redacted. Um, crying in baseball is redacted. Who knows what that means? I don't know. Crying is baseball. Um. If at any time, redacted, a tone, redacted, one million peanuts. Is peanuts your currency? No. Then what do but you can buy so peanuts lost. with your currency. <laughs> okay. So there's... I don't really know exactly what this thing is or where it's going to be going, but... Uh, oh, I forgot to note that we are in the discipline era of blast ball, blaze ball, blast ball. I don't know, um, but it's just—it's an interesting little browser kind of thing. Um, the commissioner is doing a great job, as I mentioned. Um, the the Discord is pretty cool, and it's an interesting little project of like fake like. I like fake video games sometimes, like with Salty Bet being one of my favorite things ever. So this is like Salty Bet, but baseball. And it also seems like there's some weird storytelling kind of fun stuff happening. So that's kind of like the new thing I've been checking out this week that I think is pretty cool. So I think it's definitely worth a look at. And I think they've. it seems like the team behind it has got some fun things going on. So I will probably look at it just to... Just to help my curiosity out at this point guys i want to talk about a tiny bit of news that concerns us that might be upgrading our consoles within the next generation in the coming months oh the ps5 has been making negative news uh today because they announced that all of their accessories will work uh all ps4 accessories will work with the ps5 all of them except the DualShock 4, that's a special case, your DualShock 4 PS4 controller will work with a PS5, but only 
for PS4 games. Sony's reasoning why it won't work with PS5 games is we believe the PS5 controller should be used with PS5 games to take advantage of the PS5 capabilities. Huh. I mean, I guess it's good that, like, as someone who bought a PSVR, I'm kind of happy that that is going to go forward. That's cool. But controller thing seems weird. Conversely, Microsoft announced today that all first and third party accessories for the Xbox One will be cross compatible with the Xbox Series X. So. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just throwing that out there. Is this the first time, at least in modern memory, that a company is making their previous generation controllers and peripherals compatible with the upcoming generation besides the Wii U and the Wii Mote? Yes, the Wii the... and the GameCube. Yeah. Your GameCube controller I works fine so. on your Wii. Like it. But it only works for GameCube games and Smash Brothers. I mean, don't don't you disparage Smash Brothers like that? I'm not I'm not disparaging Smash Brothers. But... No, it, it actually worked on a lot of games. Like you you could play Sonic Colors with a GameCube controller. It depended on the game that wanted to take advantage of it. Which I mean Sony could ostensibly say, like, or a, a third-party company could be like, hey, there are features and functionality on the, you know, new DualSense controller, whatever the new controller's called, or we're not going to utilize all these because it's Madden, and, like, just use your DualShock 4 or whatever. You know, I forget what the uh, two it, controllers are called, but, like, you know, you could see that happening at some point I could but I'm not as angry about it just in the sense that like that's something that doesn't usually happen anyway so the fact that it works at all is still I think a positive Um, definitely in terms of like the PSVR and and some of those kinds of peripherals I mean I I think that's good Um, I think it will be it will take the actual hands-on experience of seeing if the new controller features and new things that they do with this new controller on the PS5 are actually justifying of it, or if it's just, again, kind of like, you know, the, the touchpad on the PS4 where, like, it has a lot of potential, they had a lot of great ideas for it, but it mostly just got used for, like, map navigation, which makes it a lot easier, but... The touchpad will be even bigger on the PS5. Not necessarily, like, earth-shattering, so, um, I'm not as, I feel like I'm not as upset about that. I also don't plan on getting a PS5 for quite a while, so. But when new controller tech comes out, it's fun for, like, the first, and I'm not kidding, like, week, and then you instantly forget it's there, and you're like, where are the buttons that I can push to make the things do blah? Like, who even remembers that the Nintendo Switch was advertising? We have 3D haptic feedback. And you're like, get over yourself. I believe I'm the sorry. technical term is HD Rumble. Yeah, I'm sorry. HD Rumble is wow, an integral geez. part of this 
experience. Okay. I am assuming. Oh! Imagine, <laughs> imagine trying to guess how many marbles are in a box without, without HD it. Rumble. Yeah. Wow. You couldn't. Okay. You couldn't. Good luck. Unbelievable. I hate you both. But I do <laughs> think that that is a good segue into a very interesting topic on Microsoft and their play moving into this next generation. Oh, yeah. Um, we should talk about the showcase. Yeah. So I didn't get to watch a lot of the showcase, uh, unfortunately. I, got, I, I haven't got to see a lot of the games. Um, they did announce that Xbox Game Pass is just being rebranded to Game Pass. Um kind of That's along fine. with their their role in of um you know x getting rid of the 12 month xbox live subscription and just kind of making all of that part of the game pass ultimate experience um i really think microsoft is setting themselves up for a really strong showing come this next console cycle in just the fact that they are going for it doesn't matter where you are because you're going to work on Windows 10 PC or if you want one of these great boxes, whether or not that's our all-digital Xbox Series S or a really powerful Xbox Series X, that's great. Oh, you're on the go and you want to play on a mobile device because you're not at home? Hey, how about Project X Cloud? You know what? 15 bucks a month, you can basically get everything that we release going forward, at least in the first-party title, day and date. All you have to do is pay us 15 bucks a month. Doesn't matter what device you have. Doesn't matter where you are. Just play our games. You want to play some old 360 games or some old Xbox One games? Here you go. Let's do it. Let's just play games together yeah. wherever you are. Like, I feel like Microsoft is coming out swinging this generation. And honestly, I think, you know, given the lackluster performance of the Xbox One and kind of using this generation as a yeah. as a bit of a feeler, releasing the first, you know, half-step console, releasing the first disc driveless console, like, they've really kind of just been toying around with these ideas, and I really think that they are set up for a really big ecosystem play come this, this cycle. And I'm very interested to see how the consumer base responds to that because i mean everything that they have announced like i probably will never buy an xbox but like no, i already have I game pass for pc but I, it's like five bucks a month but like you know yeah some of those expanded features I mean, and functionality like they could get an extra 10 out of me and honestly like there's probably like a lot of it there's i don't know how much of like crossover you'll get but like there's probably a decent amount of people who will like who will probably buy a PS5, but, like, might still pick up, like, PC Game Pass or however mm -hmm. that works. But, like, I think definitely, like, watching the showcase, um, that I think that was definitely kind of their... It, I, I mean, you know, everyone knew Halo was going to be there. I think Halo Infinite looks, looks like Halo with some Far Cry sprinkled on it. I don't know if how, we'll see how that works. Um, oh, I, I which they did announce that, that the multiplayer done. is free to play and 120 FPS targeting on the Xbox Series X, which is what? Huh? Okay. It's huh. also part. It's going to be part of Game Pass. So if you want to play Halo Infinite Day of, which me being a gigantic Halo fanboy, I I, I do. You just have to pay that sexy 15 bucks a month, and boom, you you can download the yeah. Halo. I yep. think that was. 
I think that was kind of part the the vibe I got was like they are really gonna. I think that they are. They're definitely leading into like building Game Pass as like a, like I mean, just like you just said, Josh, like a pretty important service, and um, it seems like because like even if they just have to have like enough stuff on there to keep people subscribed. Um, yeah, I they mean, don't on- need ev- they don't need every one of these games to be like super triple A splashy, and like I think and and it seems like a really good play with like because they've also you know splashed a bunch of logos from like all of like the studio acquisitions they've been doing these past couple of years, yeah, and it seems like a really kind of smart idea to acquire a bunch of studios who like didn't had to worry. I, I guess this is this is what Mike hopes. I'm I'm being uh, I'm being hopeful here, but like to acquire a bunch of these studios and then let them know like hey your game is going to drop day and date on game pass yeah so don't worry about make something interesting don't worry about something like i hope that 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 for that the like the security of the being released on game pass is giving p i hope that's translating for the teams to like make really cool stuff that doesn't need to be like you know market viable like you know what i mean it still has to get draw an audience and be you know make a but you know it it needs to be there's like less concern i hope this translates to less concern on the teams themselves to like move units if that makes sense well so i honestly think that this this puts us a you know, maybe even one generation away before at least one of the tiers of the box that, you know, Microsoft sells is basically an NVIDIA Shield or a Chromecast. Like, I think that this is their way to get towards that because if they don't have mm-hmm. to worry about so much in the R&D costs of putting out a new yeah. box every couple of years, putting out hardware that sells for you know break even or a loss because you know they have to put out these mass market consoles that still punch close to PCs but won't ever come close to that price like putting things on a subscription service like this putting things on xCloud and getting that program up and running like that is how you eventually get to the point where everything is hosted you know on the cloud and stream to you or you know you have a a, a much smaller box that just you know shares some of its processing capabilities with the device somewhere off-site um you know i think that is how they get to there and you know maybe they do what they did with xbox one and the xbox series x where like okay the next generation it's like you have the xbox it's going to be triple something X. dumb. You have the Xbox Triple yeah, X. Yeah, it's, it's going to be that. It's going to be something so yeah, fucking stupid. You, you have your Xbox 6666. Um, <laughs> that is the actual, like, you know, typical console. But then they have, like, the the Xbox streaming, which is literally just, like, a Chromecast puck. And you buy that for 100 bucks, And you, you just you subscribe to Game Pass. And you, you just use the X, xCloud. Like, I think we are getting closer to that. And I think that this console and this ecosystem play is how Microsoft starts that transition and I, I do think that just kind of goes back to just Satya mm-hmm. Nadella's just general 
you know, thoughts for how Microsoft should be and has been driving that company the last few years just to be where the people are and be a services company. And, and I think that this next Xbox is really prime for that. And I, I do hope that, yes, like because it's got the weight of Microsoft, they are able to secure more of those deals with some of those smaller studios to, you know, give a little more leniency or make sure that they're doing the deals in a way that those folks are still getting compensated in a very similar way um, versus putting out stuff as is tradition um, especially when you go to a place where you're not going to be selling you know yeah. a 60 20 dollar copy of a game anymore because it's all just part of game pass but again doing a deal that with terrifies me by the way a lot different than say that nvidia streaming service which has been stre- struggling because everybody's like oh this is weird but like microsoft yeah. like you to know have there's like clear that revenue kind of big name behind it changes the deal like i guess like like one thing i hope like i mean i think one thing that could be good i think for a lot of games um if we do kind of if if this is the generation we start to move more to like a service type model um for like kind of like i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing but like i feel like game a lot of games i think for better or worse feel like they have to justify the 60 dollar price tag mm-hmm. in a way that i think sometimes like is to their detriment um i mean like you know you want to get like a lot you know 60 dollars a lot of money for a game so you want to have a good time with it but like sometimes that just leads to like games being stretched out and just and um just useless filler so it, it, especially when like the idea really kind of like the idea or like core mechanic of that game doesn't really last that long mm-hmm. so I would I, I again if we I hope that one I hope one thing that happens over like you know if game pass really takes off and becomes like you know by the end of this generation is something that is like a pretty yeah i don't know if this would ever be the case but like a major like a majority of people who own an xbox are on game pass i mean that that's obviously like crazy but like um, i mean is it though because i feel like a majority of people who owned xboxes were on xbox live gold and that's not that much yeah i mean yes it is that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like they're a, probably gonna roll xbox into live gold for a year of it was a third of the price of a year of game pass and you only got online connectivity like you didn't get any games with it at least a re- mm-hmm. you know i i think that changed whoa 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 that, 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 like that, originally when like Xbox 360 area, you were literally just paying to play online with your friends. And okay, that yeah, that that's true. Um, but I, yeah. for me, Xbox Game Pass is the ultimate value proposition. Like, I would not have played Gears Five this year. I would not have played Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds this year because like they seemed interesting. But like, with the limited time that I have, and you know, having kids, like I can't justify spending sixty dollars on every single game that I want. And when yeah. I do spend sixty dollars on a game, I'm like, God, I've got to, I've got to play it. And like both of those games, I had a lot of fun with, but like I fell off of because I got busy, or you know, something else came up. And 
I had fun with it. I really enjoyed it. I don't feel bad about not. You had enough it. fun with it to keep subscribed to Game Pass. Yeah, which but like, had I, I would. It's a decent value prop. Yeah, so. but I would have never played it if I had to pay full price for it, or if I did pay full price for it, I would have felt a lot of anxiety about like I have to see this all the way through because I paid for it, and you know I've got to get my, got to get my, got to reap that. That's some cost. cost. To the time fund um, ratio. I, I guess like one other kind of because. One other thing from the showcase is well, two things. One, I think Everwild was my favorite looking favorite game from that uh, from the whole showcase. It looks, I love the vibe. I think it's very cool. Uh, two, no price. It seems like we are going to go down to the absolute wire on the pricing of these boxes, and I don't know how many more we're going to record. We might honestly have a few, a few more episodes we will record before we actually get those. Yeah, Dis- discuss. Uh, I mean, yeah, so, so you know, I don't think we're gonna see a price until um, until you're checking out. I was gonna say it's so no, no. <laughs> until they swipe your credit card at Target. Um, yeah, Bold I'm gonna say, to assume I'm buying it at Target. <laughs> so okay, here here's also a question I have: Do you, if if we had E3 as in the traditional sense, do you think I would have bet both? Sony and Microsoft would have announced prices for the consoles at their E3 showcase, and we would have known then. No, because Sony wasn't going to be at the C3 because they bowed out. That's right. Yeah, they're running their own show, and I I honestly legitimately don't think we're going to see a price until September because reality check for everyone that seems to have forgot, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and unfortunately... We're in the middle of an economic downturn, so no one wants the sticker shock of a gigantic several hundred dollar frivolous thing being shown in their face, which is smart. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're they're quick to tell you Xbox Game, oh, well Game Pass is going to be fifteen bucks. They're really fast to tell you that that box over there. Don't worry about that right now. We'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, because you could go have Game Pass right now. Yeah, go get Game Pass now. That that it's- box that we have over here. Hold off. Slow your row. <laughs> Yo, there's whoa, whoa. there's <laughs> also a part of me like I obviously know that by now they pro you know they've they might have even almost started actually like it's August so like if they haven't already they're close to starting actual production for units that that are going to be on shelves like and even just like printing of like hey here's the GameStop like window flyer thing well like, yeah you got to imagine that they're in discussions with retailers for you know black friday sales and everything like that so like obviously those discussions are being had but i wonder if any of the supply constraints from covid have had any impact on where they're targeting um for that initial price i also wonder if there's a little bit of like trying to wait for the other guy to go first to either I think that's Sony react did that. To that in some Re- way by Remember saying, like, when Sony bodied Xbox uh, famously in 2013? They probably don't want a repeat of that. Yeah, I think yeah. that is pro I think there's a lot of like obviously like market factors that are obviously in play that are beyond my pay grade but not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, like Sony announced originally, that, you know, they originally they were going to release 5 million units in the first run and then a few weeks ago they're like actually 
you know, even with supply constraints and everything, they doubled that basically and said, like, the initial run is now going to be 10 million units. So, like, obviously them going for that aggressive of a target, you know, there are supply chain constraints and, and whatnot, but, like, obviously it's not bad enough for them to say, oh, you know, we can actually double our original order and be around that time frame, so, you know. I, yeah. I just wonder like, if one of them is, like, waiting for the other to either be like, okay, can we, can't do, you know, can we afford to undercut that? Can we do something to yeah. make a bigger splash, you know? That's the thing, is I imagine both Microsoft and Sony here have, like, charts in their have very very specifically outlined charts in their offices or whatever you know hey if xbox equals this dollar then our price if they announce first then we do this if we announce first then they their price is this yeah. we do this in like two months or whatever to yeah well if i may i think balance um, that Josh brought up a really interesting point of, uh, and you did tangentially as well, Mike, of Microsoft having to make deals with certain companies. So let's make no mistake here. They are offering Xbox Game Pass, at least initially, at a substantial loss to their games division because they're dependent on those units to actually sell. And if you're not selling those unit copies at $60 a piece, you're having to walk to those companies, cut a check, and say you'll be good we're gonna give you this amount of money but we're gonna make all this x amount of money on the side because we don't know if people will actually assumedly buy your game or maybe there's another contract deal where they're like for 15 bucks a month we're gonna check how many people do the downloads and you'll have to trust our data for how many people downloaded your game and played it and so on and so forth it's all very like nebulous yeah i mean and i think we're and i think it's nebulous because we're talking about this is not your ma and pa like video game console manufacturing. Oh, this is Microsoft, one of like the ten companies left. Period. So I think that you know they have they have the financials to swing whatever they need to do to make a play at market sure. capture. Also, I think famous, not famously, but I I don't have the numbers in front of me to verify this. I don't think since the very first Xbox, well, the the uh, the one with the Duke controller, Halo One, I don't think since that one they've actually sold their consoles at a profit, because the Xbox 360 famously cost them a billion dollars in Red Ring of Death repairs, and I don't know if they ever like made that back or recovered from it. I actually don't know off the top of my head, and the Xbox One, I mean. It sells okay in the USA and EU, but reminder, and this number I do have, they sold uh, just a little under 500k units in Japan. Like, nobody overseas cares <laughs> about this console. Uh, let's not get into how many PS4s are over there, which can is also a Blu-ray player, so it's just a home media center for a lot of Ten people. Ten times as many. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, insurmountable is the answer. Also, if you want your JRPGs, you go into PS4. What are you doing, you fool? You, get your Persona on here. That's what it's for. It's your Persona. Hey, machine. I'm a big fan of the Blue Dragon franchise. Okay, my, my JRPG box. You are number one. No, you're not, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> 
Blue Dragon is actually the name of the new exotic in Destiny. So, yeah. Is it really? No, I'm just... A- I, I, I have no reason not to believe you. You understand That's that, true. right? <laughs> That's Dest- true. We should have a... Oh, you know, maybe before the expansion comes out this fall, I'll do a Destiny exotic catch-up quiz, so you, I'll bring you guys up to speed on uh, real ones or fake ones, and you just so you guys can know what's going on. Josh still wins with Egg Beater Roman Numeral. Spelled incorrectly. Number seven. <laughs> that was a that was a great that that was my that, favorite that was my favorite Destiny gun. <laughs> I actually want a Destiny gun called the Egg Beater now because why why not? They already got so- my Is favorite it- Destiny gun name that sounds like something Josh would come with come up with is Cerberus Plus One. Because it's just a four-barreled gun! Yeah, it's super good. And it's just four guns duct-taped together! It's dope. It's It's so stupid! I'm trying to think. There's probably, like, one I'm forgetting, but off the top of my head, my favorite gun name is Randy's Throwing Knife. (laughs) Which is funny because it's a gun, but it's called throwing knife. Cerberus plus one still takes the cake for me, because if I was thinking, this is a gun Josh would actually make, and the, the lore description is great too. What's better than one gun? Four guns held together, tied to a trigger pull. <laughs> and the gun is literally just whenever you pull the trigger, it fires four bullets. It's the best dumbest gun in Destiny. There's a catalyst for it that turns it basically into an auto-rifle shotgun. It's really fun. I mean, that. so it just, oh, I have that catalyst actually, where you just, whenever you trigger pull, it's just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah so, it's great. So, Mike, I've been playing Destiny again recently, um, as you're well aware. I, I don't know what I need to do to get this gun. The Cerberus. I just bought it off a of Zer. Good news day. for you. It's but a it, world drop. So uh, a Zer will sell it, and or and B, if you buy his Ingram, his weekly Ingram from him, you'll get it eventually. So well, yeah. that's and fantastic news because I need that gun. It's very fun. It's very fun with the war rig too for Titans. I'm, I'm gonna send you a picture of it because you need to appreciate how it actually is. Just it's four very taped together. It's super great. <laughs> it's it's literally like a. I think the description describes it as a guardian being really bored and just wanting more firepower, but not wanting to actually make a better gun. <laughs> Honestly, respect. That, that sounds that sounds like like literally me if I were a Titan guardian. <laughs> Like the kind of shit I would do if I were just sitting around, and be like, you know, I've decided I got like, I, I got like four of these things. Why well, can't I just put them together? Could I, Mike? Mike, give me a minute. You, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. Jo- Josh, I need you to open up Discord and look at the image of the Cerberus oh, Plus One. Hello, it's, it's also I would, got the. I will after we're done because otherwise I'll ruin the recording. So. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The, okay, I'm, I'm gonna send it to you on Facebook Messenger so you can see. Yeah, it on don't your want phone. don't want wonky uh wonky video all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Um. Come yeah, but you. anyway, back back on track. I uh, this this. You know, round of the console wars. Um, the companies I feel like have been taking very different approaches to how they're marketing things and getting ready for it. I think it's very interesting that we haven't seen a price yet for either. I think they're both looking to try and some way undercut each other, um, making the other guy go first. I think Ray is right though. I don't think we'll see a price until at least September. Mm-hmm. 
I think there might even be a world where, like, we go into, like, the first week of October until we hear it. So, um, like, there'll be, there's a world where you check out at whatever, and they're like, oh, Microsoft will call you. Don't worry. <laughs> They'll please, call you when they're ready. Please call for inquiry. Hmm. But I guess, like, if I oh had Oh, my to gosh, guess, those are those, like, ratcheting. Those are, like, those metal ratchet straps. <laughs> on, this is on the folks. This is on the Cerberus. Yeah, oh it's God, very good. Yeah, yeah. Look, look at the spare battery he put on the gun. <laughs> yeah, and to switch it to the shotgun mode, he like you just kind of bonk it right there. It's yeah, really <laughs> it's wonderful. I've had it's this gun good. since uh since I bought it from Zur, and I I still use it in my regular rotation. Not it's because it's good. really good, but because it's dumb. And sometimes you need a big stupid gun. To yeah, I got it. It's okay at clearing red bar stuff. It's okay. It's, I it's, gotta get that gun. There's better. Okay. There's there is better. better, better. But you know, the best gun in Destiny is the one you have the most fun using. So. And I do have one of the most fun with this janky ass thing. <laughs> I think it has an ability too, where the longer you hold the trigger, the bullets just start firing in rapid succession, and that looks pretty cool. That's incredible. It's pretty great. Um. I guess just like a final thing on the price, and I don't know how much longer we want to go for our recording here in general, but um, I'm going to guess that, like if I had to guess, I feel like, I feel like Microsoft is going to do whatever they have to do to be the cheaper one. There's, I, I think they're going to... I mean, especially with like the big, with the big emphasis on like, getting people onto game pass like that kind of being like the real goal is to get them into like the ecosystem i think josh um, is right i think this is the last like console that uh microsoft will actually release because it's very clear that they're not interested in like fight going toe-to-toe against sony and nintendo anymore like th- that's clearly a business model that is not gonna last no don't yeah Ray, i know josh Ray is finally like, agrees with me I, I agree with you because it's obvious. You know what I mean? Like, they are making it so that I would be foolish because I'm already going to buy a PS5 and I already have a Switch. They're making it so I would be foolish if I bought an Xbox Series X. Why am I doing that when I have a perfectly functioning gaming PC and I could just get Game Pass? I, I would. Yeah, and I if would they still throwing... get you there, then you're then you're good. They're good. Exactly. They're like well, just sub- well, Ray, they're, they're saying if, just subscribe to that. Okay. What if I told you you could buy an Xbox One X and have HDMI 2.1 capabilities since there are no graphics cards yet that have it? So obviously that's the best decision. Why would you wait for like a 3000 series Nvidia chip to do that? I I, I sold my Xbox One when I got the chance. <laughs> I, I I got it for one game. It was Halo 5 Guardians, and it's not a good game. That's how much of a Halo fan I am. Oh, and I, I went back to the Master Chief Collection and I finally played Halo ODST. It's alright. <laughs> I like the soundtrack. It's good. The soundtrack is really good. It's got it's a to, nice I jazz. Play, I've still never played the campaign of Halo 2. I've started it, but I need to finish it, so... Halo, Halo 2 Halo is the really best good. campaign. Uh, I wouldn't say all that. I didn't <laughs> have... Halo 2 is the best one. I didn't have an Xbox. I played a lot of Halo 2 multiplayer with some friends, but I never played the campaign... I played Dang. the Halo 1 when they released that Anniversary Edition. How do you feel about Keith David? Love him. Great. You're, well, let me tell you, you're in for a great time. Master Sergeant Johnson, 
I mean, not Master Sergeant. Sergeant Johnson does have the best dialogue lines in Halo 2, bar none. But I... If you play Halo 2 on Legendary or Heroic, you start finding out how janky the level design in that game really is. So I don't recommend playing above normal. Not really. Heroic if you've ruined the torture yourself. Legendary if you decided, eh, you know what, I want to ruin myself. I, I just decided I don't like having fun. You will hate the Jackal Snipers. One shot, one kill. And there's a section in New Mombasa where there's just five of them on the bridge. <laughs> where there are jackals in the courtyard. Yeah. The, oh, oh, mm, that section on legendary. Woo! <laughs> there's no defending that. There's. If you're doing a solo, there's no defending it. Hell, if you're doing it with a buddy, there's Josh, five jackals. Josh, do you know that there's Incubus in the Halo 2 campaign? I am where. I am aware. I did actually not know that. Okay, have, I just like I'm like I I wanted to make sure I, you knew. I like, have I I have their their soundtrack from the Halo Two. <laughs> yeah, the fun wait okay. Oh, so yeah, I mean okay. I have their. We're just gonna have, go right past. I have it. their We're music. Gonna, um, yeah. We're so. not gonna acknowledge that. The Halo Two soundtrack's great. It's good. Well, the, the soundtrack for Marty O'Donnell doesn't make bad music, and I won't hear otherwise. Damn it. It's Same true. thing for Mick Gordon. Uh, well, Mick Gordon is kind of a dirtbag. I I don't think we ever covered this, but Mick Gordon won't be returning for the next Doom game because he. Th there was a whole big thing where he promised Bethesda, not Bethesda. I'm sorry. Uh, it. crap. It. Thank you. It Software. He promised It Software he would make twelve tracks for Doom Eternal. He made two. And <laughs> That's less. That. <laughs> I'm not that good at math, but. but uh, wait, and Mar and uh, he he got on Twitter and said, "I'm no longer working with Doom Software. We had a bad contractual deal." And everyone jumped down to ID Software's neck, and then the producer for ID Software came on to Reddit, and he says, "No, no, it's not that it was a bad contract. He literally did not deliver the services that we paid him for, and he's being a bit of a shit about it." And so they. They had the receipts, and they put him on blast, and McGorton has never responded ever since. So... I hope you like the Doom Eternal soundtrack, because you're never hearing McGorton's music again in a Doom game, I guess. Okay. <laughs> well, there, A little bit of drama there. What are you going to do? Um, Y'all, I got a quick tech minute. Very quick. These are always like Bring it 12 on. minutes, but go ahead. No. So the two things I want to talk about, I think I talked about a little last time. Um, NVIDIA has been rumored and sounds like is getting more serious about the potential acquisition of ARM um, from SoftBank, which I think ARM is putting it up for sale for like $1.9 billion. But um, according to some financial analysts, like it's gone from rumor to serious prospect. I'm not 100% sure, like, what NVIDIA gets out of this acquisition besides, I guess, you know, maybe potentially changing the way that ARM does its licensing fees. But I'm worried about, like, if you change the ARM licensing, there are other smaller chip manufacturers who can license out architectures similar to ARM that are a lot cheaper. So I don't know, but um, could be... an bad move for NVIDIA, but also could be a good move. Who the hell knows? Um, we also have a first um, a first leaked benchmark for the new Tiger Lake Intel chips. Um, the i7-11-65G7 
which fuck Intel's naming conventions, especially on their mobile chips. This is one of the um, one of the mobile chips in i7 uh, that went to head to head with the Ryzen 7 4800U. Uh, the i7 is a four core eight thread, while the 4800 Ryzen chip is an eight core 16 thread. So um, while the Tiger Lake chip beat the Ryzen chip in single threaded workloads a little bit, uh, it was about 30% slower than the Ryzen chip when it came to um, any multi-threaded workload. So, you know, Intel still has the fastest clock speeds on the laptop space, but, like, do more than one thing at a time. And, like, what are you buying an Intel chip for? Open two <laughs> Chrome browsers on your toes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't... Somebody needs to talk to Intel because boy howdy are they having a really hard time. They've even like I think I talked about this last time. They're even talking about using US TSMC to for some of their foundry because they cannot get their seven nanometer process together. Boy howdy, somebody help Intel, please. Why wow, you you actually want them to fail? You've been saying this for years. You want Intel to fail? I don't. I don't want them to fail. What I want Stop. them to do, <laughs> no. What I want them to do is recognize the market pressures that are on them and actually do something about it, rather than just like farting out a bunch of stuff because they were on top for so long and like can like but actually gosh, do some what innovation. What about the short-term profits? <laughs> I don't give. Two shits about the short-term profits because you cannot tell me that it has been economical for them to be stuck on the 14 nanometer process and continually work on this architecture that they can't seem to get right like you cannot tell me that that has been financially viable especially as they've lost market share left and right to amd and to now you know apple taking away all of their mac business like you cannot tell me that that has been financially responsible for them like i don't know i it's good when you have two giants actually duking it out but like right now intel has just been resting on their laurels and amd is eating their lunch for it and like great that as a consumer that does well for me but like i have nothing against intel in theory because like i mean it's a it's a homegrown company that, that they make dumb chips that are stupid and dumb <laughs> i mean yes there is that like, and they're babies they too. could they could they the problem is they can be better and they should be better and they're choosing not to be and that's what's frustrating is that they are they are choosing uh, to not be as good as they can be because they were on top and they took their foot off the gas and i mean you know i think there's some old famous quote about like why does coca-cola still advertise and it's like when you're in the lead you don't take your foot off the gas and like intel took their foot off the gas and they're paying the for yamcha it. of chip manufacturing oh who, no who no you didn't two two three years from now when i go to upgrade my computer if, if intel turns it around and says like we have the dominant workstation and gaming chip like i i'm not gonna not buy that chip but like right I if, I, if, I put, <laughs> if i put money down right now i'm definitely buying an amg chip but like if amd gets i mean if intel gets back in the game who knows? who knows i got a better analogy for you mike interesting times intel is the frieza where they were born powerful and they've been powerful for a long time meanwhile amd's goku 
You don't expect it. <laughs> but he's in the background training. Oh, okay. Get now stronger. I get the tech minute. Okay. <laughs> I understand now. AMD is Goku. Intel is I, clearly Frieza. So where I does Power need, PC I just need an official tech minute translation, and then I got Power it. PC is Yamcha. They were there for a while. Oh, they had a no. really cool relationship with really cool people, and oh, then no. they just got bodied by everybody and died. <laughs> and then they died in a hole. Yamcha, Yamcha is the compact PC of the computer world. Yamcha is the gateway. Oh no! He's the gateway. The 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 the, the farmer is the is the box. The when, cow when, box. When. When Apple switched from Power PC Silicon to Intel Silicon, that's that's the Yamcha in the whole dead. <laughs> I, I feel so bad for all the Yamcha fans out there, but you know who you picked. You you know the loser you picked. He apparently does well in Dragon Ball Fighter Z. He's great in fighters. I I've seen some people body a fool. It's so weird watching Yamcha beat up Cell. It's just <laughs> like Actually, now, it's... you can't just beat up the most powerful warrior with Yamcha. Haha, <laughs> wolf attack go burr. Oh man. Oh that's the wolf thing I miss. Go... Oh Remember in Evo whenever someone picked Cell and got on the screen and the whole crowd yelled Ah during his startup man. thing. Man. I missed that shit. Oh oh I mean Evo was already kinda we we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but Evo was already in some heat this year. It was already not going to happen, basically. But I mean, Smash I was Smash stuff. was kind of dusted because their online connectivity is inexcusable. Every time I get bored and I pop in, like, let me get some a couple rounds of Smash in. Oh, this is painful. <laughs> hey Ray. Yeah. Do you know where people can go to find more? comparisons of dead companies to Yamcha? Hell no. Where? Unscriptedgaming.com Oh, shit. <laughs> you could go there for all your Yamcha equates a dead company content that you could ever want. Don't want to go to unscriptedgaming.com? Well, guess what? There are other places you can find us on the internet. You can find us at Unscripted Game Podcast on Facebook, at Unscript underscore gaming on Twitter. You can get us on soundcloud.com slash unscripted dash gaming. You can get us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, wherever the hell you want. Go get your Yamcha equals dead company content. All those places with us for Unscripted Gaming. Thank you for listening. My name is Josh. My name is Ray. My name is Mike. Peace. <laughs>